0: The Las Vegas Strip attracts a lot of different types of people. Vacationers, gamblers, foodies, partiers, and daredevils. In fact, there's one specific spot on the Strip that's been particularly appealing to those who make their living defying death. The fountains at Caesar's Palace. Since the legendary resort's opening in 1966, this usually serene spot on Las Vegas Boulevard has played host to multiple brave and possibly crazy people who have made the attempt to jump their motorcycles over and above the famed fountains. Some have succeeded, others have failed spectacularly. And that's what this episode of Sin City Stories is all about. As we take a deep dive into Las Vegas history with a cunning display of stunts. Since its founding on May 15th, 1905, Las Vegas has gone from being a small railway stop on the Union Pacific line in the middle of the Mojave Desert to the entertainment capital of the world and one of the most exciting cities on the planet, welcoming millions of visitors every year. And through its relatively short history, the city has seen some pretty interesting things. And that's what I'm here to share with you. Welcome to Sin City Stories, the fascinating, bizarre, and sometimes tragic history of fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. jump a motorcycle, the trouble begins when you try to land it. These are the wise words of the legendary evil Knievel. Born Robert Craig Knievel on October 17, 1938, in Butte, Montana. Knievel's foray into the world of stunt riding came well after stints in the U.S. Army as a paratrooper, working in a mine, playing semi-pro hockey, running a hunting and wilderness guide company, selling insurance, running a motorcycle dealership, and racing motocross. In the mid-1960s, Knievel formed the troupe Evil Knievel and his motorcycle daredevils. After making their debut at the California Date Festival in 1966, the troupe took the county fair circuit by storm by performing wheelies, blasting through walls of burning plywood, and jumping their motorcycles over rows of vehicles. However, the Daredevil team broke up after an incident in Barstow, California, where injuries prevented Knievel from performing for several months. After his recovery, Knievel started traveling from town to town, performing as a solo act. There were more jumps, more crashes, and more injuries. Then came Vegas. Evil Knievel was just 29 years old when he was in Las Vegas to watch boxing legend Dick Tiger defend his WBA and WBC light heavyweight titles against Roger Rouse at the Las Vegas Convention Center. It was on this trip that Knievel first laid eyes on the fountains at Caesars Palace and made a decision. He was going to jump them on a motorcycle. But to make that happen, he needed to talk to the man in charge of Caesar's Palace, CEO Jay Sarno, a Vegas legend in his own right. In order to get that audience with Sarno, Knievel knew he'd have to get creative. He formed the fictitious corporation Evil Knievel Enterprises, even going as far as having his friends phone Sarno, claiming to be his lawyers, and calling Sarno himself, saying he was a reporter from ABC TV and Sports Illustrated, asking about covering the upcoming jump. Sarno finally agreed to meet with Knievel, and the date was set December 31st, 1967, New Year's Eve. After the deal was done, Knievel tried to convince ABC TV to air the event on their Wide World of Sports program. ABC declined to carry the event live, but told Knievel that if he filmed the jump, and it was as spectacular as he was claiming it would be, they'd consider using the film later. Knievel used his own money to have actor-director John Derrick produce a film of the jump. To keep the costs low, Derek used his then-wife, actress Linda Evans, who'd later go on to star in TV shows like Dynasty, The Love Boat, and The Rockford Files as a camera operator. In fact, it was Evans who filmed Knievel's famous landing in the Caesars Palace jump. Legend has it that on the morning of the planned epic jump, Knievel headed into the casino at Caesars Palace, lost his last $100 at the blackjack table, had a shot of wild turkey at the bar, and then headed outside to the jump site, where he was joined by two Las Vegas showgirls. Wearing the patriotic red, white and blue jumpsuit he'd become famous for, he climbed onto his Triumph Bonneville 650 motorcycle, emblazoned with the motto, Color Me Lucky, and rode into position. He went through all the pre-jump motions, and took a few warm-up runs to ensure everything was set and in place. Knievel revved up the engine and accelerated along the lengthy takeoff ramp, gaining the speed he'd need to clear the 141 foot horizontal distance. As he did so, the thousands who gathered to watch the stunt held their breath in anticipation, and that gave way to cheers as they watched Knievel fly off the ramp fly through the air, and appear to successfully fly over and above the fountains at Caesar's Palace. Unfortunately, the jump didn't go as planned. As Knievel came down on the landing ramp, the rear wheel of the Triumph snagged the edge when he touched down. This threw him off balance, causing the bike to begin to sway. The cheers of joy from spectators gave way to screams of horror as Knievel went head first over the handlebars of his bike, his body slamming into the pavement of the Caesars Palace parking lot, rolling several times and sliding 165 feet before coming to a stop. Medical personnel swung into action almost immediately, and an ambulance arrived to take Knievel to hospital, where his injuries were diagnosed. He'd suffered a concussion, a crushed pelvis, shattered femur, and fractures to his hip, wrist, and both ankles. Doctors flat out told Knievel that he may never walk on his own again. So. What happened to cause the crash? According to Knievel, the Triumph motorcycle unexpectedly lost power and decelerated as he hit the end of the takeoff ramp. As such, he didn't have the necessary speed to make it all the way onto the landing ramp, which would explain why he just barely cleared it and caught the rear wheel on the edge of the ramp. Although Evel Knievel would never attempt the Caesar's Palace Fountain Jump again, the spectacular failure of the stunt might have been the best thing that ever happened to him. ABC TV purchased the rights to the film of the jump, paying far more than they would have if they just televised the jump live. Recovering the following year, Knievel began making over $25,000 per jump, and as the stunts and crowds grew larger, he was pulling in millions of dollars for his jumps. In the 1970s, toy maker Ideal licensed Knievel's likeness for several toy lines, raking in over $350 million. Knievel went on to be the subject of multiple feature films, including a 1971 biopic starring George Hamilton, and 1977's Viva Knievel, where he starred as himself alongside the likes of Gene Kelly, Lauren Hutton, and Leslie Nielsen. Even though he stopped performing in the 1980s, the allure of Evil Knievel has never faded. In 2003, Los Angeles composer Jeff Beck wrote a rock opera based on Knievel's life. In 2008, the Six Flags St. Louis Amusement Park opened the Evil Knievel roller coaster. And in 2016, Evil Knievel's son, Kelly Knievel, opened Evil Pie, a pizza joint in downtown Las Vegas crammed full of Evil Knievel memorabilia the majority of which comes from the Knievel family collection, and that is just scratching the surface of his influence on pop culture. Sadly, after suffering from diabetes and pulmonary fibrosis for many years, Knievel passed away in Clearwater, Florida on November 30, 2007, at the age of 69. Following a large funeral at the arena in his hometown, Knievel was buried at the Mountain View Cemetery in Butte, Montana. age, Gary Wells loved to go fast. He started racing go-karts at the age of three, winning state championships in Arizona, Nevada, and Utah, before retiring from the sport, trading four wheels for two, and starting his motorcycle racing career at 10 years old. His first professional motorcycle jump came at the age of 14. And in just his second-ever official public appearance, in front of 23,000 fans in his hometown of Phoenix, he broke the World Outdoor Motorcycle Jump record by flying 155 feet 10 inches over 16 cars besting the legendary Evel Knievel. This set the stage for a long-running career that would see Wells performing in venues all over the US, Canada, Mexico, and even Australia, where he competed in and won that country's first ever long-distance motorcycle jumping championship, breaking his own world record by jumping a stunning 176 feet, six inches. Flash forward to September 15th, 1980. Slightly less than 13 years after Evil Knievel's spectacular crash on the Las Vegas Strip, Gary Wells found himself standing in the exact same spot. As a rider who'd already broken several of Knievel's jump records, it just seemed natural that the Fountains of Caesar's Palace would be next for the then 23-year-old Wells. The jump was set to be filmed for the popular TV show That's Incredible and would be featured across the country and around the world on network television. Before the jump, a very confident Wells told a reporter, quote, To see Evil Knievel crash didn't bother me. I just assumed he didn't know what he was doing because he wasn't successful. Having already completed jumps of more than 150 feet, and using a bike that was both lighter and more powerful than the one Knievel had used, this jump seemed like it was right in Wells' wheelhouse. The morning of jump day, Wells was up at 6 a.m. and out front of Caesar's Palace working with his crew to ensure that his ramps were properly in place and things looked good for the stunt. Six hours later, decked out in his famous red tuxedo, Wells rode into position to prepare for the jump. After taking five approach runs to gauge speed and distance, Wells revved up his bike, released the brakes, accelerated to 85 miles per hour, and headed for the takeoff ramp. The crowd of thousands who'd gathered to watch the jump was cheering loudly as Wells rocketed off the ramp and over the fountains, easily clearing them. But as soon as he came over the top of the takeoff ramp, Wells knew he was in trouble. Instead of coming down in the middle of the landing ramp, Wells came down to the right-hand side of it, the front wheel of his bike barely making contact, the rear wheel missing it entirely. As soon as Wells hit the pavement, he was knocked off balance and attempted to jump off the bike to escape serious injury. That didn't exactly work. Much to the horror of the spectators on site, both rider and bike slammed into a brick wall at over 80 miles per hour. With Wells going head over feet, rolling and sliding on the pavement like a rag doll gary suffered extensive injuries in the crash broken vertebrae a cracked pelvis fractured hip two broken legs and collapsed lungs as well as a ruptured aorta in his heart doctors performed emergency open heart surgery the day of the crash to repair the cardiac damage weeks later there was more surgery as doctors put steel pins in his hips legs and pelvis so the big question what went wrong during interviews and press conferences in the weeks immediately following the crash, Wells couldn't or wouldn't say. But as the years went on, Wells publicly made the accusation that in the time between him inspecting his ramps that morning and making his jump attempt, someone moved his takeoff ramp. According to Wells, it was a mere two degrees off center, which was enough to cause him to miss the landing ramp. In spite of the near-fatal accident at Caesars Palace and doctors saying it could be upwards of a year before he could return to riding, Gary Wells was back on his bike again within five months of the Fountain Jump failure, with a nationwide tour followed by a performance in Rio de Janeiro during the Formula 1 Brazilian Grand Prix. Gary went on to have a lengthy career jumping motorcycles, touring extensively through Latin America. He was performing jumps as recently as 2014, with his last big jump happening on September 12th of that year, when he jumped over 12 semi-trucks at the Colorado National Speedway. Gary spent his later years living in Sonora, Mexico, where he was affectionately known as El Gringo Loco, or the Crazy White Man. During his time in Sonora, he guided off-road motorcycle tours and opened his own RV park. Sadly, just a little over a month before the 40th anniversary of his famed Caesars Palace jump, Gary Wells passed away on August 6, 2020, in Glendale, Arizona. He was just 63 years old. Amazingly, not every attempt to jump at Caesar's Palace has ended in disaster. April 14, 1989 22 years after his father was nearly killed trying to make the jump, Robbie Knievel was prepared to take his own run at the famed fountains. Bankrolled by Showtime, a US-based cable TV network best known at the time for broadcasting live boxing matches, Robbie was set to earn a cool quarter million dollars for doing the stunt. Plus, he was in for a percentage of the pay-per-view buys. Showtime was hoping that the possibility of seeing Robbie suffer the same fate as his famous father would compel people to shell out 14.95 to watch from the comfort of their living rooms. Robbie's jump was going to be somewhat less risky than his dad's. Motorcycle technology had come a long way in 22 years, and Robbie would be making the jump using a customized Honda CR500 motocross bike, which was more powerful, agile, and about 200 pounds lighter than the Harley-Davidson XR750 that Evel Knievel had used for his jump. That being said, it was still dangerous as hell. 50,000 people packed the Las Vegas Strip to see the spectacle, with millions more watching at home. Medical crews were on standby, ready to roll into action in case things went bad. Robbie, adorned in the same style red, white, and blue jumpsuit as the one his dad wore, got himself and his bike into position to make the jump. After taking four practice runs to gauge his speed and acceleration, Robbie gunned the engine and sped toward the takeoff ramp. To the joy of the crowd, he successfully soared the 150 feet over the fountains. He stuck the landing on the ramp on the other side and coasted into an underground parking garage, avoiding the cement pillars that had been padded with hay bales. Just in case. The jump took all of four seconds, but in that short amount of time, Robbie Knievel officially cemented his place in history as the first person to successfully jump a motorcycle over the fountains at Caesar's Palace. Of course, he wouldn't be the last to do it, May fourth, two 2006. In conjunction with the release of the box office smash Mission Impossible 3 and the 40th anniversary of Caesars Palace, motocross legend and X Games medalist Mike Metzger, known as the Godfather, makes plans to add his name to the list of people who've jumped the fountains at Caesars. But this time, there's a twist. Metzger will perform a backflip over the fountains. And he'll do it on live television. In front of a crowd of about 15,000 spectators, Metzger made his run at the takeoff ramp, launched himself into the air, and, as planned, executed a perfect backflip, flying 125 feet, nearly overshooting his landing ramp, and setting a new Guinness World Record for the longest motorcycle backflip. July 8th, 2018. Next to take a crack at the jump was motocross rider, X Games medalist, NASCAR driver, and Nitro Circus founder Travis Pastrana. But Pastrana had more on his mind than just the fountains. He planned to perform not one, not two, but three successive jumps along the Las Vegas Strip as part of a tribute to Evil Knievel called Evil Live. To put himself on more equal footing with Evil, Pastrana wasn't going to use a lightweight dirt bike like he'd ridden throughout his motocross career. Instead, to best simulate the historic jumps, he'd be riding a custom-built Indian Scout FTR 750, weighing in at 340 pounds, very similar to the Harley-Davidson that Evil Knievel rode for his stunts. The first two jumps took place at a site set up on the east side of the Strip, behind Planet Hollywood, Paris, and Bally's. Jump number one, Pastrana launched himself 143 feet over 52 cars, easily breaking Knievel's record of 120 feet over 50 cars set at the Los Angeles Coliseum in 1973. Jump number two, Bastrana soars a distance of 192 feet, clearing 16 buses, breaking another Knievel record set in 1975 at Kings Island in Ohio, when Evil Knievel successfully leapt 133 feet over 14 buses. But jump number three was the big one. Accompanied by a police escort, Travis Pastrana made his way through the streets of Las Vegas to the front of the famed Caesar's Palace. While not as long as the previous two jumps, this one was considered to be far more dangerous, especially given that the area around the fountains had built up significantly since Knievel's jump back in 1967. As such, the ramp distance was much shorter than what Knievel had worked with. Pastrana had roughly half the room Evil had had to ramp up ahead of the water. Pastrana estimated he had less than 200 feet to get the bike up to 70 miles per hour. Right before the jump, technicians were blowing cool air into Pastrana's bike engine, which was overheating due to the 100 plus degree temperatures. Pastrana took a quick practice run at the ramp to gauge his speed and approach and return to the starting position. He revved the engine, released the brake, and was on his way. Pastrana sped up the ramp, easily sailing over the fountains as pyrotechnics exploded all around him. Pastrana hit the landing ramp hard, losing his footing on the right side of the bike and snapping his head forward hard, but he maintained his balance and finished out the jump, which clocked in at an astounding 149 feet. After it was all said and done, Pastrana was all smiles, telling reporters, It's such an honor to live a day in evil's boots. He followed that up by taking a celebratory swim in the iconic fountains at Caesar's Palace. I hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into the stories of the stunt riders who took their run at the famed fountains at Caesar's Palace. If you want to learn more about these daredevils, check out the show notes for articles, photos, videos, and more. For more of Las Vegas's fascinating, bizarre, and sometimes tragic history, follow sin city stories on twitter facebook and instagram at sc stories pod also be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are released sin city stories is written researched and hosted by jeff walker and is a production of walker new media online at walkernewmedia.com